Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Hello, this is international Catholic singer Anna Nuzzo, inviting you to join me and Father Dan Cambra of the Marian Fathers on a select international tour's Divine Mercy pilgrimage to Poland and the Czech Republic. It takes place in September of 2019, and we would love for you to join us. For more information, go to my website, AnnaNuzzo.com. Thank you, and God bless. Do you wish you knew the saints better? Overwhelmed with all the events in Catholic history and just wish you could tie it all together? It's tough work, and even scientists have determined that it takes approximately 400 repetitions to create a new synapse in the brain, unless it is done with play, in which case it takes between 10 and 20 repetitions. Introducing Saint Cards, where the facts about saints and history are presented in fun and engaging games for ages 4 to 104. Check out Saint Cards at saintcards.com and begin the fun for your family, school, and parish today. Introducing the redesigned CatholicSingles.com, featuring new ways that put the spotlight on the person and their faith, not just a profile picture. For the past 20 years, faithful Catholics have used CatholicSingles.com, and the reimagined CatholicSingles.com website is ready to help single Catholics take the next step in sharing meaningful relationships with other faithful Catholics. Remember, CatholicSingles.com for faith, fellowship, and love. This is the Padua Podcast Network. Because what, what is the point? Like, it's not just for the sake of being good or being holy. The, the point of virtue goes back to my verse from Ephesians that we're to walk in love as Christ loved us. It's to be imitators of Christ. Thriving in the Trenches. It's the podcast where you will hear stories from real people with real purpose, all for a God who loves us with a real love. The Trenches, where life isn't always easy, but it is a place for women to be encouraged and equipped to uniquely and universally serve Christ in their feminine vocation. So, together, let's go deeper in our faith in God, in His church, and in our friendships. You are welcome here. Welcome to Thriving in the Trenches podcast. This is Becky Carter, and I am your host. I am so excited about today's episode with a returning guest. Wow, I get to have people back now. Uh, Susan Husband is a blogger over at Soul Searching Mama. She is a farm wife. She's a mama to seven ornery boys. She likes a cold beer long country runs and Jesus to rescue her from the dirt, testosterone, and the laundry. She claims it breeds while she's sleeping. (laughs) Oh, and she does like a good scotch. So I think Susan's going to have to teach me how to drink a good scotch. Anyway, we did have some crazy technology issues between my Wi-Fi not working and then my the electricity in the entire house went out. So um, it's it's a beautiful conversation. Hang in there. It really isn't. Um, it isn't too wonky. You just might feel like it's a little disconnected in a couple of places where we had to start over. But um, 
you don't want to miss this episode. Susan is just a wonderful, beautiful woman of God, and she encourages me every day. Susan, welcome to the show. Susan, I am so thankful to have you back on the podcast. Uh, Hopefully this episode won't be quite as controversial as our first go around. I think that sounds good. (laughs) I don't know. We can still create controversy. It seems like it doesn't matter what you talk about, but hopefully this will be. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That is so true. Now, I loved that podcast. I still stand by it. It was such a joy to do. And you um, did a beautiful job, which is why I wanted to have you back on because you display so many beautiful virtues and characters as the mom of six. You still only have six boys, right? Are we at seven? We're at seven. We we have seven. Yes. Seven boys. And, um, your your example is really a good one. And you're doing this series on Instagram stories right now, um, or you're going live, and um, they're all still recorded on your Instagram account, correct? They still are, yes. Okay. Um, there's a few things on the highlights, but the bulk of the little, I call them just chats on virtue, those are on the Insta TV. So that's like, it's all on my homepage, but you'll see different places you can click on. One is a story highlight reel and the other is the Insta TV. And that's really where the longer descriptions of the virtues are. Okay. So after this podcast, um, I want our listeners to be able to go and check those out and get um, all those virtues in more detail. So anyway, so Can you share a little bit with our listeners about what your purpose was for starting this series? Like, What what really drew your heart to do this? Okay, yes, I'll try to be brief because it is a bit of a um, story that's several pieces linked together. Um, So just throughout the years, I've kind of been hit and miss blogging. I've developed relationships with all kinds of people, even through just social media. It's been really fun to discuss everything from marriage and parenting and homeschooling, all the topics. But it seems like over the past few years, Steve and I have started getting a lot more questions about just raising raising sons specifically. Um, there seems like there's a lot of boy moms out there just asking a lot of questions. Is this normal? My boys are so while and they have so much energy and so someone had asked me if I would consider just doing some little story like um, insta stories doing a highlight reel basically on raising boys and um, so I agreed to do that but as that kind of progressed what blossomed out of that was lots of questions um, specifically related to helping the boys just in general with um, certain behavioral issues. And the one thread that I kept going back to, I noticed in my response, and usually I would chat with Steve about how to respond to these questions. And we would always come back to this thread of virtue. And um, so then one of my friends said, well, maybe what you really need to do is a separate series on virtue. And I really didn't want to do it, but I just kind of felt the Lord pressing on my heart and I was shoving him away because, you know, I we're, I'm busy, you know, and my husband isn't well, and we just have so much going on. And I'm just like, Lord, this is not my forte. You know, I'm just not really the social media guru here. I don't really want to do this. And 
so one night I um, got in bed and I just boom the um, he put a Bible verse on my heart which I'll just confess doesn't happen very often and it was Ephesians 5 verses 1 and 2 and it and what it says therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God so I I heard him say just Ephesians 5. I read the first verse and I just said, well, what do you want me to do with this? And then instantly I knew, I think you need to start unpacking how to speak virtue in the home and teaching and sharing with how you and Steve try to implement a language and a conversation built around the virtues with your kids as a way of forming them as persons in Christ and how that flows into just discipline and the way that we see ourselves and know ourselves within the family, but then as children of God and just really how we communicate to each other and live in relationship with one another. So I know that's a super long way of explaining it, it, but that's, that's what really propelled me into doing this series. So I will just tell people when they, if you, decide to give the time to click on the, 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 the stories or the, the TV series. It's not professional. I'm just going to let you know because I had to just be obedient and get my old junky iPhone and go <laughs> record these stories with children in the background. Like it's, it's not professional, but it's just like sharing from my heart and the experience that we have and the wisdom that other people have shared with us and really just through God teaching us through scripture, the example of the saints and through trial and error, um, our own failures, but also our own successes and the things that we're seeing as being fruitful with our boys now. It's really a beautiful thing to, to have. We have a senior in high school all the way down to a two-year-old and the things that we are doing with our two-year-old are the same things that we have done with our older kids and to see that becoming fruitful in in my older son's lives as young men it's just such a gift and i just i see god in it a hundred percent and it's just it's a really it's really special and i want to share that with other parents because i think it's empowering and it's not it's not hard it's just it can become a real natural thing that you do in your home speaking virtue and the fruits that will come from it will just be so um abundant i think mm-hmm. well it it is very difficult mm-hmm. in this day and age. And thank you for giving the full version. And look, you can say it's not professional and you're not social <laughs> media savvy, but um, oh, your your presence is a beautiful one. And, and the one goal I have in doing this podcast is really encouraging other women to say yes. And that yeah. that is just what you did is you said yes to the Lord. You're like, no, I don't want. And I mean, who cannot relate to that? Um, Sometimes the Lord asks us to do things we really don't think we have time to do or we're not the professional or whatever. Whatever our excuses are, they're just excuses and probably a little bit of a whispering, uh, you know, a lie from from Satan. So thank you for your yes. And um, we are in a battle and our children are in a battle. This culture is is so mm-hmm. tough. So thank you. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for your yes. But um, yes. so can you take us back just a step and and even ex- 
I think the word virtue in in and of itself can sometimes be either misunderstood or we've heard it so much we just assume we know what it means, right? There are yeah, so right. many terms like that. I was like, oh, I know what that means. But can you give us a good old catechism yeah. definition for virtue? Sure. So if you look up in the catechism, and I've even cross-checked this on just some other Christian websites, and we, we tend to kind of define virtue in a similar way, but the catechism of the Catholic Church says that virtue is the firm and habitual disposition to do the good. And so I just break that down for my kids. I mean, we I can tell them the definition of it, but I'm just always... we. Uh, saying to them or the kind of phrase we throw around here is um, reach for the higher fruits, Mm -hmm. striving for excellence, seeking the good, um, being our best and um, giving our best to God. So we, there's lots of phrases that encapsulate virtue that we use that are more practical, but that's the technical definition of a virtue. Mm -hmm. So when you have a son who is not choosing the virtuous path, so those are kind of your anecdotal, you know, reach for the higher fruit. Right. I love that. Right. Right. But it's so so yeah. Yeah. And so what kind of got us rolling on this was actually several years, many years ago, when we first started homeschooling, I picked up a book. Um <clears throat> And this this particular book was on virtue, and it's actually called Character Building by Dr. David Isaacs. And he kind of breaks down the theological virtues and the cardinal virtues and um, the natural virtues. And I, I kind of got lost in the book, but the, the takeaway that I had from it was... <clears throat> how important it was to, to use the virtues to for self-examination kind of what are my weaknesses and what are my strengths and what are things that I need to work on and what are what are some um, ways that I can become more virtuous in my life because what what is the point like it's not just for the sake of being good or being holy the, the point of virtue goes back to my verse from Ephesians that we're to walk in love as Christ loved us it's to be imitators of christ and while i think sometimes virtue can take on a little bit of a negative pious um restrictive boring if you will connotation it's actually completely the opposite the man who is virtuous is he he's free to be himself he's he's free um to, to be, in choosing the good, he's free because he's not in the in the bond, bonds of sin, and so in that sense, he's free to love and give and to exhibit these virtuous behaviors and be a model of Christ to others. Because when we are virtuous, we are unified with Christ, and that is freeing. We the scriptures tell us that we are if we are. Um, in Christ, we are free indeed. And so, um, I mean, I don't make this a huge theological lesson with my kids, <laughs> but instead of it, it, it gives the parents a tool to be specific when they talk to their kids. So, for example, even with the little ones, it's a way for me to help them examine themselves when they are behaving badly or when they are making mistakes or when they are choosing things that aren't good. So, for instance, um, I can say something like, Joseph, 
um, you're being very selfish right now and that's not who you are. You are actually a generous person, but you are behaving selfishly. So it, one thing I've really learned in this process too is that virtue allows us to sort of discipline the kids a little bit and form them without shaming them. Um, sometimes it's hard when you're in the heat of the moment with trying to teach your kids or um, discipline them. It's hard to, to um, know what to say. And so I'm not, I want you guys to know that I don't always <laughs> have this like super calm presence about me, you know, darling, why did you hit your brother over the head with the baseball bat? You know, I, I'm like, what the heck? You know, I, I like lose my temper too. <laughs> you know, there's like blood. I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. There's like reality. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I think when you see it, when you have a child that's consistently struggling with a certain thing, instead of shaming them by saying you are bad, you never want to give the kids an identity with negative words. You are bad. You are stupid. You are a failure. You, are, because they take on those identities, you're you're defining who they are by saying you are, you know, fill in the blank. But virtue allows us to identify the negative behavior and present to them and to speak into them the positive behavior of the person that we we see in them but also the person that we really want them to become like you are being very um you know you are behaving in a way that is 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 very thoughtless and careless but i don't believe that's who you are you you are a um a prudent and a temperate person, or you have, you need to exercise self-control here instead of you're, but you're behaving out of control, but that's not who you are. I believe that you are, and then you fill in the blank with the virtuous person. You are courageous or you are generous. And I've noticed in my kids that they're, and maybe this is just boys. I just, you know, I can't speak to girls, but their demeanor changes. They sort of straighten up like, oh, I yes, that's right. I am these things or I have the potential to be these good things. And then it, it makes it easier for them to attack and to work on the thing that they're struggling with. Does that make sense? Oh, okay. oh absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think even today, this morning, you know, I, I work with the kindergartners now in the mornings and... Um, my kids, you know, it, it wasn't just my kids, it's, it's other kids too. And they'll say, oh, I'm bad or I'm dumb oh, yeah. or, you know, right. and, and my kids totally do that too. And, and, um, honestly coming, coming out of a Calvinistic background, um, I don't, I don't know if I've ever talked to you about this, but, um, parenting in a paradigm, a theological paradigm, those are some really big words. I'm really not that smart. But when, you, <laughs> yes, you are. when you're parenting from that theological paradigm that I am wretched and I have nothing good in me, and that really is yeah. where we were <laughs> in our theology when we were raising our kids, you know, yeah. to tell your kid, oh, well, I, I don't know. I, we didn't even know how to discipline. It was so confusing because how can I sit yeah. there and tell my kid, no, you need to make a better choice, but you're wretched. You're fallen. You're, yeah. you're just, yeah. you know what? You're, 
Yeah. Oh, it was so hard. Now, now move to this beautiful, merciful uh, gift of the church and how she tells us um, who we are. Well, we're a child of God. And yeah. with our baptism, yeah. we have been made new. We're a new creation, which means the old right. is gone. The fallen are the old man is gone. Now we are still fallen. We still have, you know, to struggle with our sin. But yes. I am not that like I'm not wretched anymore. I'm a child of God. I have Christ in me. And so now to be able to look at my child Mm -hmm. and say, oh, no, maybe you're a child of God. That means Jesus Christ lives in you. How can you yes. be bad if Christ yes. is in you? And it's this yes. totally. And and Lord knows I need to preach that to myself on a regular basis. Um, yeah. But our kids are being um, taunted by other kids um, in parenting. Yeah. I know I can say really awful things. Um, actually, in, in mass the other day, our priest said something and I, I came home and I wrote it on the board and it was this revenge is never a part of our Christian faith only love yeah. and yeah. as a parent here's my confession Susan I thought I <clears throat> parented I disciplined out of revenge this morning when my child made my life very difficult, not only for me, but for the other kids also. And so when we Mm -hmm. respond in that way, we're not Mm -hmm. teaching them uh, who they are. I've just degraded the Mm -hmm. dignity of that child of God when I've treated them that way. Anyway, so going back to, I'm a child of God, I am created to be free. I love that you're bringing up the freedom that virtue gives. Oh, Becky, I totally understand um, where you're coming from with when we have these moments with our kids where sometimes we, we just, we don't, react to their behavior in the the way that we want to. And I I call that reactive parenting where we just are either in the root of reactive parenting is essentially is fear. And I, I definitely have had countless moments of that as I've gone through my, my 18 years of parenting and I, st- I still do it. And that root of fear comes from, a, you know, a fear of failure, um, of our kids, uh, not, not turning out the way we hope that they'll turn out or, um, worried about being worried about what other people think of us or you know it's just like um it's it's satan really he just he grips us with our we're gripped with our pride and we um we react to them in ways that that are not positive for either one of us and that's where virtue really comes in it allows us um to get a grip on the situation at hand and then to just be real honest with our kids i love 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 Father Flanagan, if you've ever seen the movie Boys Town, he says he's such a great example for me, and especially that he's calm, you know, <laughs> of course, the movies. <laughs> um, but he he would always say there are no bad boys. And what I love is that that was his really his true, earnest, sincere disposition towards every child because he saw Christ in every person. But also he didn't allow the boys to to consider each other to be bad. And so 
what that does is it allows us to recognize Christ in the other person. And so when we come in and we speak virtue into the kids, um, Again, it goes by, it gives us a tool, a real specific tool with how to handle things in the moment. Do we, do I always do it this way? No, I am not perfect. I, I reactive parent all the time, but sometimes if I've lost it in that moment, it's not, it's not lost forever because the beauty too of, of virtue, parenting and virtue is that it gives the parents a chance to come alongside the child and say, I'm working on this too. I lost patience or I didn't have um, a lot of self-control and today, you know, at breakfast or when you came home from school and I'm sorry. And, you know, you, you sort of, you parent with humility. You still have authority and you still have um, the responsibility to parent and to guide. You are still the, the person of, I would say, the, the wise counselor here to the degree that we can be. So there is a disti distinction between parents and children, but you are still coming alongside of them as a sinner. And I think that when we we are humble with our kids and I, I go and I apologize to my kids all the time, but then I name, I virtue allows me to specifically name my failure. So instead of saying, I'm sorry, I failed today. That's, that's very nonspecific. I'm really sorry that I lost self-control. I should have been more patient. I'm really sorry that I was selfish. I was on my phone and I should have been helping you. I wasn't generous. I want to be more generous. Would you pray for me to be a more generous mother? This has really changed the relationship I have with my kids because I think they see me struggling on and I want it gives me then the authority to, to ask that of them. I want you to struggle on, not just so that you can be a good kid, but because that's what we're called to. We're called to struggle on after the highest calling, which is heaven, which is Jesus. And that is the only place we're going to find our peace. It's the only place we're going to find true self-identity and self-worth. And they have to see us fighting for it. They have to see us trying and confessing to them and and, and getting after it on a daily basis. So as parents, I mean, you, we, you can watch these videos and take all these tools home, but they will only be as effective it, as you are as a leader and in, in the fact that in the sense that you lead by example, not that you are you perfectly embody these virtues, but that you're struggling on towards these virtues with your children. That's what gives you the voice to be able to ask these things. If your kids, they have to see you struggling on towards fortitude, towards justice, towards prudence, towards humility, whatever it is. And then being able to name it specifically is just it just puts like, you know, it's where the rubber meets the road. It puts a, a like flesh on the words and it, it allows us to to put action and activity towards what we're being called to interiorly and then in the interior life in a real practical way. Like I always tell parents too, their friends that I share this with, if they ask about it, I, I'll tell them, you don't have to, you can use biblical examples. Those are great. But if your kids are kind of shutting down spiritually, you can still ask them to, to, or, or encourage them to be virtuous, but then share examples that, that are non-religious or non-biblical go find a great movie that they can relate to are they into sports go find a 
sports figure who embodies these virtues and share that with them. Get in their world. Meet them on a natural level. It doesn't have to be shoving religion down a kid's throat. We don't want that. We want we want them to, the goal is to kind of come in the back door. We're going to speak virtue. We're going to name these things. And without them knowing it, they're taking on Christ. They're becoming Christ-like. Mm-hmm. They're seeking, they're reaching the, for the higher fruits, which are Christ. Does that make sense? Oh. Like, so I think some kids yeah. kind of shut down when you start talking <laughs> about things from a faith perspective all the time. And, and you just have to kind of work around that a little bit yeah. to achieve your goals. Oh, yeah. Nobody likes to be preached at all the time. <laughs> Right. You know, right. Yeah. I, don't. <laughs> I know, but I am uh, fortunately I like to talk a lot and preach a lot. So, um, you know, one thing I know I'm I'm working on uh, as my kids definitely as they're getting older, and I do have two teenagers in my house now. I'm not really sure how that happened because I'm only 22. Got to be old enough to have a beer with my friend here, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but um, but is is trying not to make a learning lesson out of everything, you know, right. because that gets so old. And I mean, I get tired of talking about it all the time. But the asking yeah. forgiveness is is huge. The walking in humility is huge. It makes us as parents and just as I mean, you know, I, I know we're talking about this uh, from a parenting perspective, But even if we're not parents or even when we're not parenting and we're out in the real world, if we could practice these Mm -hmm. virtues um, with each other, (laughs) let's be generous with each other. Let's treat the the -hmm. guy next to us in the grocery aisle or the, you know, the lady who sits across from us in the cubicle and tends to be a little bit annoying or something, you know, treating everybody with the human dignity that they have been given because they are image bearers, um, because we're all children of God, whether we acknowledge it, whether we admit it, whether we live it or we're rejecting it, we still are who we are because we are human. And so, you know, just even taking that to an everyday level um, and walking in humility. Look, I... I offend my friends or I offend offend coworkers or, you know, my spouse and walking in humility enough to say, I really messed that up and I am so sorry. You know, I did not practice self-control. And that's another piece I I love. I love, though, let's I want to go back to the reactive parenting because um, the fear based reaction um Gosh, in every part of our life, parenting is just life, right? I mean, mm-hmm. be, because we're we're teaching our children how to respond in their lives. And so really, mm-hmm. it's just a response to life. But God gave us right. the family right. to, to learn how to do that. And um, that fear-based reaction, the pride that it's all rooted in and... Um, It's so big. That's why humility is is probably been one of my favorite. Is it a virtue or is it a fruit of the spirit? It's a fruit of the spirit. It's 
It is, but I, I put it under the umbrella of virtues. They, they, they kind of categorize virtues. There's like four different categories of virtues, but I just kind of use virtue as a blanket. I mean, you've got the theological virtues, the natural virtues, the, the fruits, which are also virtues, and um, the cardinal virtues. Yes, and humility is a big one. I, um, I, th- I love St. Thomas Aquinas. He says the true measure of a man is not made by looking at him alongside others, but rather in relationship to his creator. And so I, I think about that where we live in a culture of comparison and that children are comparing themselves to each other. Um, and parents are, we compare ourselves to each other. Our culture of comparison is is so powerful. Like what it, what it does to us um, mentally and emotionally. And that's why I think that teaching the virtues is, is like a counterpoint to that, where it allows the parent, it gives the parents the authority and the, the opportunity to speak, to, to speak and to tell the children who they are in a real positive way or the things, you know, who we are striving to become in a positive way. In, in the series that I, we did on raising sons, I think one of the most um, effective things, is, at least judging by the reactions that I received from people either through email or um, direct messages and such, was that I asked them to be forward-thinking parents. So reactive parenting, parents in the moment, right here in front of us, and forward-thinking parenting causes us to step back and examine what it is that we want in the long term for our kids. Because kids have a hard time. They are not forward thinkers based on their intellectual development, their emotional development, and their their sheer lack of experience. So as parents, we have to be that we have to do that for them. And when we, when I sit down and I make my list of what I, it is that I desire for and of my kids, I can examine that then and I can forward think and so for them. And so if my goal is for my children to be, um, you know, uh, peacemakers or generous people in their community, if it's for them to be helpful, if it's them to be um, uh, honorable, if, you know, whatever it is for them to be free, for them to have really sound judgment, um, then I have to start with those things now. And they're, they're like tiny building blocks. And it, it, it sort of takes the pressure off of the reactive parenting at the moment. I can kind of exhale. And I sometimes I look at my kids and I'll say, I don't even know how to parent you right now. I don't really even know. I don't I don't really even know what to do. So I'm going to go pour myself a glass of wine and I'm going to have a little visit <laughs> with the Lord. And I'll let you know tonight before you go to bed how we're going to deal with this this poor behavior, this whatever this is. And it just it's better for me in the sense that it gives me a chance to get recollected and to go back into my forward thinking goals and to be able to approach. And I, and I don't, don't do this with my little kids who just need to stick their nose in the corner <laughs> and be obedient and have time out because they need to get it together. <laughs> I do this more with my with my preteens and my teens mm-hmm. where I need to I need to contemplate what would be the most effective discipline for them. Um, but does that make sense? The forward thinking oh, yeah. um, goals and then virtue just plays into that um, so much. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a little, that shows your children humility in the sense that we don't know it all. We don't, we don't have all the tools and we're not perfect. We need help. We rely on God's help, uh, you know, cause a big, a big tool that we try to give our kids is for them to know what their limits are and what their weaknesses are so they can ask for help grace help the help of grace or the help from other people um, who can better help them than we can with whatever it is they're dealing with so right and another piece as as catholic families is um being the example of going to confession running to the lord his mercy and the grace of the sacrament um, really is because we do all fail and uh, letting our kids know that. um, I mean, I might know everything and I might be perfect, but I know they're not, you know. Um, Okay. That's joke. That's sarcasm. Um, (laughs) But letting them see us walk in humility and trusting that the church is really truly um, our mother and she is going to bestow on us the graces that we need to make better choices. Um, Confession is not just about, well, getting our sins, you know, off of our souls. It's also about um, gaining the power to overcome those sins and to grow in virtue. We have to have the sacraments to be able to do that. So, um, you know, if, if we can all continue to walk in humility and make regular visits to the confessional and, and make confession available for our children on a regular basis, most parishes have, uh, confession times every week. Um, hopefully, I hope I'm not speaking out of place there, but um, asking our children every week. All right. Who needs to go to confession? Does anybody need to talk about, you know, you have questions. Is this something you need to do? You're not really sure. Do you need some counsel? But my Mm -hmm. husband, I have to say, is he does this so much better than I do. He every week he asks them and he gives our children several, several chances to stay in the sacrament. So, um, that's awesome. That's awesome. Praise God for that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, this is the beauty of, of parenting when virtue is that you can use the virtues to help your kids examine their conscience. Mm -hmm. So we try to do this on a weekly basis where we sit everybody down And we will um, all kind of just either off the top of my head or I'll write a few things out, but we'll just get ourselves quieted down. And okay, okay, I'm gonna jinx that. All right, so funny. All right, okay, so um, if everything seems a little discombobulated on this conversation, (laughs) we have now been interrupted by a lost Wi Fi. And uh, right in the middle of confession talk, the lights went out at my house and I'm standing, you know, if anybody knows, uh, those of you who do know, I record in my closet. So (laughs) standing in my closet and the whole world goes dark. And I said, man, we must be making Satan mad, but. Yeah, anyway. he hates confession, man. He does. He, he does. But Jesus healed the lines. He, he healed does. the lines, so we're good. We're back, <laughs> and we're going to wrap it we're up back. right here. But I know, Susan, you were talking about um, confession, virtues, and examination of conscience. So go. 
Yes. So um, we use the virtues to help our kids examine their conscience. So we do a two-sided examination. One is we examine, we ask the kids to think about the good things that they did today so that they can be thankful for God's grace working in their lives. And then they're always welcome to share something if they want to. But this is just a private, like a quiet examination. So I will ask a question. Was I helpful? Was I generous? Was I... um, you know, did I exercise self-control today? Um, and then we could move over to the tough side, which would be the things that they're struggling with. And um, so was I dishonest? And was I, you know, just go through like a list of potential sins or things that even if you recognize some things that they're struggling with, just speaking it out loud, it allows them to examine their conscience in that way. And then we pray for the virtues that are lacking. So, Lord, we ask for the grace to be more just in our attitude and our behavior, to have um, greater fortitude and courage um, in maybe at school, amongst our peers or whatnot. And you had touched earlier on that this isn't just about parenting. So if you're listening to this and you're, you know, not in a role as a parent or a mentor, use it for yourself personally. There's a lot of amazing books out there on virtue, but to really know what what exactly is justice? How do we define that? What is prudence? What is fortitude? And then, because I think then, the more you know about your, what I call defects, I don't mean for that to sound harsh, but our shortcomings or our struggles, the things that we are, our um, dispositions towards towards sin, um, when we know those things, then we can ask real specifically for God to fill us with the grace to, for of these virtues. So a greater grace for um, humility or um attentiveness in our work or whatnot, because the more specific we can do, the more we can measure God working in our lives and we can experience a greater examination of conscience so that we can be more specific in our confession um, in the sacrament of confession. So it's just a great tool for all of us to use on our spiritual journey. And, and it's for us, it's been really beneficial in teaching our kids how to pray and prepare their hearts for confession, just kind of in a weekly exercise. You can definitely do it daily. That's would be the best thing. But for our kids, we just kind of, we include it in family prayer once a week. So, well, thank you so much for sharing that. Do you have any of that written down that if uh, we could share it in the, in the show notes? Yes, I, I blogged about it years ago so i can send you the link to that and then my goal is to to have all these um all my notes that i used in the virtue talks um i'll get those posted on the blog i'm hoping in the next couple of weeks so if somebody needs a printable version or a reference to go back to it'll be there okay Awesome. Thank you so much for doing that. Okay. Uh So we are going to wrap up. And the last thing I want to ask, you know, the kind of hashtag that thriving in the trenches has been um, constantly working with are consistently using is uh, women encouraging women. And so just in a couple minutes, if you have um, just to share with our listeners, how is one way that a woman has an incur- has encouraged you in your life, whether as a mom, as a woman, as a wife, or just some other way? Yes, yes. So I was really contemplating this question from you, Becky, and I wanted to give, I just, I, st- I was just, it was a great question because what it, it motivated me to do was to just, I stayed up last night and I was 
spent a lot of time in gratitude prayer because I was thinking about all the incredible women who have been an encourager to me or a witness or an example. I mean, everyone from not just my mom and mother-in-law, sister, friends, but like my hairdresser or just, you know, people, there's just virtuous people, great encouraging women all around us that have their, they've really poured into me or just their little example has been like, uh, uh, such a witness to me. Um, so I put all those people in one, like gathered them up in one bundle, but I, I, I'm going to set those aside and, and tell you a, one really specific woman. And that is, her name is Elizabeth Lesseur. And I read her, the book, the diary, the secret diary of Elizabeth Lesseur right before Steve became ill. So she was, um, a woman who lived in Paris. She was born and raised there. Um, in the late 1800s, and she was um, kind of in and out of her faith, but became um, just passionately in love with our Lord. Um, particularly towards the end of her life, she had she endured a lot of suffering um, physically, emotionally, mentally, and she was married to a man who was um, not in the faith. In fact, he's an atheist. But what she did for me, how she poured into me, and she wasn't even she wasn't a mother. So she bore that cross, but she, her, her whole mission was just to, to, to love intensely in whatever situation that she was in. And she sacrificed and she suffered so much for her husband in really profound ways that people didn't really know about until her passing. And, and even her husband didn't realize that she was sacrificing and suffering for him until he had read her journals. And one of, she has a long quote that I really love that I keep um, on my nightstand, but just one line of it is, let our lives be a perpetual song of love for God. And I think as women, whether we're working or in the home, doing both, um, you know, raising our kids, whatever it is, we have to let love be our motivation for everything so that we don't become bitter or we don't it helps ease maybe our frustration or the burden when love is our motivation and that love really is rooted in just pure surrender to the Lord and trust in Him. So I just want to tell all the moms and women out there that whatever season you're in, um, whatever hardship you're going through, maybe you're in a joyful, just an amazing season, uh, live all that in love. Let love love be your motivation in all that you do. I'm definitely in a difficult season with helping my husband with his illness, but um, I just feel a sense of peace. She had such a sense of peace and joy um, within her because she she let Christ, Christ was leading her. He was filling her, her cup every day so that she was able to give of herself to her community and to her friends and especially to her husband, even when she was sick. She she was really really suffered a lot physically in her life. And um, so she changed my life. Reading her story changed, changed my life in a really profound way and prepared me for the season that I'm in right now. So if you have a chance and you can read her book, I really highly recommend it. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that, Susan. Thank you so much for sharing 
all that you share with us. Thank you for being a light on social media. And uh, our listeners probably don't know, but we don't live very far from each other. And by golly, we've been trying for like two years. Like, can we please meet in the middle? It is. It's going to happen. And yeah, yeah, it it is. In fact, you you had even said, I'm going to just come to your house and we're going to record there. And I would ride my bike. I, would, I, I can't run. I am a runner, but I can't run that far. But I can ride my bike. Oh my goodness! I love you so much. You you encourage me uh, in so many ways. Your your witness is a beautiful one, and may God multiply all of your offerings, all of your sacrifices, and bless your family richly and deeply. And um, thank you for being here. Thank you, Becky. Thank you for having me as a guest. It's such a privilege, and I will continue to pray for Thriving in the Trenches podcast and for all of your ministries, and um, thank you for being obedient to and following the promptings of God to uh, share your gifts with the world because we need you. Well, you were definitely one of the voices that encouraged me to, to hop back in the saddle, so thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Thriving in the Trenches. I have hope that it will have encouraged you in your journey and that you will know the love of God even more intimately. Please share this podcast with a friend on your social media pages or leave a review in iTunes. You are welcome to join me on our Instagram or Facebook group where we can grow in friendships. Thanks for coming. Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com. CMF Curo is the country's first Catholic healthcare ministry to provide an affordable health sharing solution rooted in Catholic teaching and community. Learn more at MyCatholicHealthcare.com slash podcast. That's MyCatholicHealthcare.com slash podcast.